What's up, guys, and welcome to another edition of the Ringmasters Podcast. My name is Austin, and joining me today is not my good fellow, fellow friend Chad, uh, because he's currently at work. He, we had to change up some schedules and stuff like that, so he's not with me. But I do have my amazing friend Josh here, who has rejoined us on the podcast. How are you doing, Josh? Uh, I'm doing very well. Glad to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you back. And uh, yeah, so we had a we're gonna cover Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live as normal. But before we get to that, um, I have a bit of an announcement that I would like to make on tonight's podcast, and that is because of the fact that this weekend um, we are going to be recording a special edition of Ringmasters. Um, possibly the biggest one we've ever had because of the fact that this weekend we will be we will be recording an episode of Ringmasters with Cultaholics man Adam Pacitti. He will be joining us on the podcast. We will be talking about Cultaholic, pro wrestling, all kinds of stuff. So that is that's really exciting, and we are super excited to have him on. We can't thank him enough for giving for allowing us to have his time to be on our podcast. And yeah, uh, I'm really, I'm really thinking that you guys are gonna enjoy that. So we got that to look forward to. But that's later. This is now. This is Ringmasters, and we got Monday Night Raw. And overall, I think this week's shows were pretty good. I mean, I don't think that in terms of anything special, like there was, there was like small little bits of stuff that were that stood out to me, but nothing really too much that would set this apart. It really could be described as a filler show. Yeah, I think there was just enough to keep you interested for next week, but nothing that made this week a must-see. No, yeah, I agree. And um, and as both shows, I felt, like, opened very poorly um, because you had Raw, Raw opening up with Roman Reigns, <clears throat> and this is just a personal thing with me, and I'm sure he doesn't mean to do it because he tries to do his his character as best as he can. It just drives me nuts that how for the when he had the United States Championship and when he has the IC Championship now, just drapes the motherfucker over his back. <laughs> it's just like, come on, man. I understand you're supposed to be playing this tough guy, like superheroes, like diehard Bruce Willis character or whatever. Yeah. But treat the title with some damn respect. I mean, like Miz treated it with more respect when he held the title for that long. I'm just glad he's walking out with the title again. When he had the U.S. championship, there were times he would walk to the ring and everyone would be like, where the hell is the belt? At least now he's pretending he cares about a mid-card championship. At least. And then, of course, we got the You Deserve It chance, which that's a small thing I want to talk about because I feel like that gets thrown out every single time there's a title change, and it's just lost all meaning to me. Yeah, that's... um, I, I can't help but wonder how many of these chants we heard were screened or edited in because we know they've been in trouble for that in the past mm-hmm. and there were a lot of loud positive Roman chants during the promo but during his match the boos were louder than the cheers so I can't help but wonder how much of that was filtered yeah I don't know I'd have to look back to see if I can notice that but I didn't really notice it but like I felt like there was some decent amount of Roman fans, and I feel like yeah. there are a lot more now that he's back with the Shield. Oh, absolutely. But they're still the Roman haters, and I think they're just always are going to be there. But Elias Sampson comes out with the Miztourage, so I was excited because I was like, oh my god, Elias Sampson's finally getting a title shot. He's not going to win, but at least they're giving him something. But he said he wanted to take the Intercontinental Championship, and then all Roman had to say to that was, I guess Elias wants to walk with the big dog. And I yeah. just, nope, nope, that line was shit. And other than that, like, then Seth Rollins comes out, his burn it down doesn't work, or yeah. they just took it out. I'm like, what, does Vince like the pause or something? Or did Kevin Dunn just like, I want to hear the pause again. And Cesaro uh, gets, uh, C- Seth Rollins gets the win over Seth over Cesaro, and then next week, uh, Ambrose and Rollins will be evoking their rematch clause because Sheamus was on uh, sabbatical and Dean Ambrose was on his honeymoon. So next week we're getting it at Ambrose and Rollins versus The Bar for the tag titles. And, man, I, I swear the tag, t- the tag division for Monday Night Raw is incredibly stale to me. Yeah, I can only handle these single matches between a member of the Shield versus a member of the Bar for so many weeks in a row before it's just how many times do we have to see it before we move on? There's plenty of other people they could put in tag teams on Raw. There's other tag teams on Raw. I don't know why we're not 
getting anything. And that really and that bothers me too because a match in any other circumstance, a match between Seth Rollins and Cesaro should be yes. one hell of a wrestling match. But to me, like one, they just didn't really have enough time to do anything, and it was just like it didn't mean anything because we just saw this as a member of the tag team fighting a member of the other tag team, yeah. and then that was it. When really it was two of the best wrestlers that they have on the roster just going at it. Like, this would be a great match that you could do for a, for a, for the IC title and stuff like that. But instead, they're just coming out of, of tag teams just to do this. It just didn't seem as big as it needed to be. But other than that, then we had Samoa Joe versus Titus O'Neil. The match that we didn't get last week because Samoa Joe attacked Apollo Crews and Titus O'Neil. Um... I'm just hoping that we're getting close to this being done with Samoa Joe, which it seems like we are because uh, Samoa Joe beat Titus O'Neil and then uh, attacked Apollo Crews after Crews was starting to face off with Joe, yeah. and then Joe took out Apollo, and then later on in the night um, when the Roman Reigns defended his Intercontinental title against Elias and successfully defended it, a lot uh, Titus Samoa Joe came out and attacked Roman Reigns from behind with the Kokita Clutch, setting up possibly a match between them in the future for the title, which, good, because Samoa Joe should be, be should be pushed to the moon right now because yes. he is by far your top heel for um, Monday Night Raw. And if I thought, I was assuming that this was going to be like some sort of authority thing, especially since Stephanie is back, I thought he was going to be the authority man since that's how they were pushing him before he got hurt. So yeah. I'm wondering if they're going to continue with that sort of storyline or if they're just going to just be like, oh, he's just a destroyer or something like that. But yeah. I think I think Samoa Joe should be groomed to be your top <clears throat> heel for Monday Night Raw because he's just so hateable, and I think that oh, it's absolutely. just easy. It's so easy for people to for, to get behind whoever goes up against him. Yeah, which would also be a good way to get more people behind Roman Reigns. Um, I only have one problem with this, and I've talked to a couple people, and they're basically telling me I'm dumb. But uh, these are two people where if they were fighting over the Universal Championship or the WWE Championship, no one would bat an eye. And I can't help but worry what's happening. Elias, was it seemed like he was on his way for a push. And now there's no chance he's getting in that feud. You have two main eventers feuding over what's essentially the mid-card belt. And... There's a lot of mid-carders on the show where they really have nothing to do now. There's nowhere for them to go. Um, I guess that's just the product of not having the Universal Championship on every week. But it, I'm not too disappointed because this is going to be a great feud. I yeah. think we can all agree it's going to be a great feud. I think just having the Intercontinental Championship being elevated because, I mean, when you think yeah. about it sometimes, like back when the Intercontinental <laughs> title used to be better than the main title a lot yeah. of times. Like, because you'd have, like, some guys like Ricky Steamboat hold that title, Chris Jericho would hold that title. Yeah. You had some really good people hold that title and make it seem bigger than the actual title. Like, let, like back in the mid-2000s when Triple H held the WWE title for I don't know how long, it was hell. Yeah. It was hell on earth. It was just the worst time, I feel like, just because of how boring and uneventful it was and every guy you thought was going to come up and take it Triple H would just end up just burying. Yeah. So, I think the fact that they're actually really pushing to have the Intercontinental Champion be a big it, it means something when the even when the Universal title isn't isn't on the screen cuz yeah. that still means people will care about the Intercontinental Championship even, as well as the Universal Championship. So both titles mean something. So that means like oh if someone gets one of the, one of the titles it still means a big a big amount. Now just do that with the United States Championship because that thing is fucked. Yeah, all the all the work they put into it cuz they they spent a while last year trying to build up the US oh, yeah. Championship and it's just it's over. It's yeah, ruined. You got guys like John Cena, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles holding yeah. that title and then you give it to Baron Corbin and look where all the work went. It's just like that title is now just drowning. Now, have you seen the new U.S. Championship belt they're looking to put out? Oh no, they have they have they are they looking to redesign it? Yes, images have leaked online of an upcoming show with your three champions, Charlotte, AJ, and Baron Corbin, and Baron is holding a new U.S. Championship belt that I think looks very nice. I'm I'm a, I'm, I'm, a fan. I'm Google imaging searching this right now. Um, um, I'm trying to. Make sure I find the right one. Is this it? Uh, right here. 
Is this one right here? Yes. That's it? Yes, that's the wow. new belt. Um, okay, yeah. I just yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Now I'd seen I'd seen the designs that they that that people had jokingly made where it's just like the WWE and Universal titles, but with like a world behind it or with stars and stripes behind it. Yeah. This looks pretty slick. This I think this looks pretty slick. I always thought that the United States Championship looked kind of like a toy. Yeah. Um absolutely. It just didn't really seem like it looked like a legitimate championship to me. This looks legit to me, so I'm 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 absolutely okay with this thing. If this is what they go for, I just feel like it because like, yeah, any title change that any change to the United States Championship will never be as bad as when John held the title back in the mid 2000s because that was horrifying. <laughs> that was horrifying. But yeah, I'd be okay with that. But that, yeah, but real quick after that, um, if my computer would stop freaking out, um, we had Sasha Banks, Mickey James, and Bailey versus PMS. I mean, Absolution. Um, so, what ends up happening? Sasha Banks comes out, but Mickey and Bailey don't come out. Paige's music hits, and then Paige, Mandy, Sonya come out, and then they show how Mickey James and Bailey were attacked backstage. Paige starts doing a bit of a shoot promo, screaming about how she was the person to remove the title diva, which, to gr- to be granted, she was, and um, yeah. how she is the reason the women's revolution is a thing. And I'm like, weird, Emma said that before she got fired. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then they named themselves Absolution, and then uh, Sonya and Mandy said Paige was bef- before the four horsewomen, before there was a goddess, and then tries to have Sasha pledge her allegiance to Paige, and then she doesn't, and Sasha attacks Paige, and then three on one, and Sasha gets destroyed. I was just happy to hear this is my house because she just screams, "This is my house!" She just screams it. But yeah, other than that, I mean, I'm 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 a bit behind this. It's kind of weird, just the fact that I don't really understand what the term absolution comes for in terms of like what they're trying to do. Yeah, because like it really just seems like Sonya. And, Sonia Deville and Mandy Rose are just sticking with Paige because it's Paige. Um, I would have thought it would have been a a play on words with her name or something like that. I yeah. don't know. I won't lie. I I very often when I hear Absolution get it confused with uh, Undisputed in oh, NXT. Yeah. And like I heard someone say Absolution attacked on Raw. I was like, I watch Raw. I didn't see them show up. Oh, yeah. And then I remember who it is. But yeah, the name doesn't quite make sense. Mm-hmm. I I like what where it's heading. I think clearly with all the NXT women coming up, the main roster needed a break. Yeah. When they had as few women as they did performing every single night, they need basically people to fill in when uh-huh. they need some time off. So I agree. I think it's gonna work. I think it's it's in a good direction. I agree. And um I I, I saw memes though, instead of undisputed, I saw Absolution is a mystery. <laughs> that's what I kept seeing. So that's what I saw. But I'm I'm pulling for it. My only issue with this is that the last time we saw like women factions, it didn't go well. So I'm yeah. I'm I'm going in with a bit of skepticism, especially since the, those factions involved Paige. So I'm really pulling for them. I'm just very skeptical if they can do this uh, factions with the women's division because last time they did it, it was just like look at all the women we have, like. Yeah. Don't you know all these girls? Like, look how great they are. And I'm just like, you don't m- give me any reason to care about them. And Bray freaking Wyatt comes out, says nonsense, just shouts, you're all dead, you're all dead, you're all dead. That reminded me of Pet Cemetery too. <laughs> I was just like, come on. We're really going to try to pull that thing off? So then we get Bray, Bray Wyatt versus Matt Hardy, and I was just watching this match being like, Wow, I would really care about this match if it was broken. And I would have been like, and I was just like, I was literally writing down my notes. I'm like, Matt's getting left in the shuffle because Jeff's gone. I'm like, this is this is a shame for Matt. But then Matt, in the corner, freaking out, screaming to himself, shouts delete, just kept, keeps going at it. And then Michael Cole says, we might be witnessing a Matt Hardy breakdown. I lost my mind. I was like... Finally, we're doing this. Okay, full throttle. Let's not stop. I don't care what you call it. Broken, woken, it doesn't matter. Matt Hardy's gone crazy, and it's going to be amazing. Not only will it be amazing for Matt Hardy, who's been lost in the shuffle, 
this is the perfect thing for, to happen with Bray Wyatt. Exactly. With his crazy cult leader thing, if he is the one to break Matt Hardy, even if he loses the feud, if he gets Matt Hardy there, that's such a huge thing for him. Oh, yeah. Because all these, all these promos, I actually, I thought this promo he gave Monday was better than any promo he's given in the past couple months, which isn't saying much. But uh, the way he'd be able to spin this as the, the one who broke Matt would be incredible. Well, not only that, too, is that while Jeff's gone, you could have Matt be broken and then have Bray kind of pull him over to his side. So that way he can use broken Matt. Like I've 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 awoken Matt yeah. Hardy, and then like just you can have Matt going, ah. yeah. and then like you can have that happen, and then have Jeff come back and was like, oh no, like this is not good, <laughs> not and again. then have yeah, not again, <laughs> not again, and then just try to will. You can have him try to will Matt Hardy back to his side, um, along with Bray Wyatt, and then like. You can have him get Brett, Matt Hardy and then, like, have him summon Brother Nero and then, like, have that happen. And then you can have Bray Wyatt and Bray Wyatt versus, like, Matt and Jeff, and it would just be insane. And then, like, he could just bring over Braun Strowman back to his side. It would be insane. Like, the amount of creative stuff you could do with this, like, this could be the best, one of the best things for Monday Night Raw. Like, seriously, just because of how great Matt is and how great Bray can be when given the yeah. right material. And just the amount of creative stuff you can do, like when Jeff comes back, like you could even pull Braun Strowman back in. It it would just be the best thing going for Monday Night Raw because right because as of right now, Monday Night Raw is just a bit of a slog. So yes. this would be bring a lot of creative light into it. And the kind of creative light that people can enjoy, not like a House of Horrors match on SmackDown. Yeah. Like this is something that people can actually care about. Um now to tone that down, we had a we had a fatal four-way between cruiserweights. It was Noam Dar, Akira Tozawa, Rich Swan, and Arya Davari. Uh, the winner of this match would face the winner of next week's fatal four-way of the cruiserweights, um, and the winner of that match would end up facing Enzo Amore for the cruiserweight championship. Uh, Rich Swan ended up winning. Um, um, Michael Cole did a ridiculous alliteration, though. Like Rich Swan pulled out K- Akira Tozawa from a possible pinning predicament. I'm like. Wow, you're trying to make it hard on yourself, aren't you? Um, but there was like there was a there was a um there was a dive when Rich Swan like um dived into Akira Tozawa and his knee just went right into Tozawa's face. And I was just like, he's dead. He's dead. Um but yeah, uh Rich Swan wins. I'm assuming he'll face someone like maybe uh I don't even know who he'd face. I don't know who they're gonna put in the match, but I, I have a feeling it's gonna be Cedric. I feel like Cedric's gonna be that'd your be next a, that'd be a good champion. match if they if they give him enough time those two can put on a good match too that's the oh thing. absolutely they're incredible for really any of the cruiserweights in especially in this uh, Noam Dar oh, I wish he was given the chance Same. to shine I wish they would just put him on the main roster for like two weeks and everyone will love him he'll be one oh, of yeah. the favorites on the entire just show. get the Dar chant over like like that's what won me over for him just the fact that the fans were chanting Dar 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 yeah. because when I watched him on the Independence I was just like that is the best thing ever but yeah I re- again yeah it's just the fact that the cruiserweights <laughs> don't get much to do but at least they're trying to yeah. make the title mean something all I would say is just find someone good like Cedric Alexander to take the title off Enzo because we don't really need Enzo as our champion especially when you have talented guys on there like we've 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 tried it it worked a little I would just say just try something different now yeah because, I think oh, go ahead yeah because I was just gonna say like that title needs to be experimented on so that you can find a good champion out of there I think Enzo did his part which really the fact that anyone cares about the Cruiserweight Championship at all right now, Enzo deserves his credit. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think he's done all he needs to do. He can stay relevant, but he doesn't need to hold that title like he did a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Like, not even months ago. But, uh, yeah, it's time to let the other Cruiserweight talent thrive. I agree. No, but um, real quick, too, um, there was a backstage promo with Kurt Angle and his son, Jason Jordan. Um, Jason Jordan wanted to have a match with with Kane. No, wait, wait. Who did he want a match with? I don't. He wanted remember. a match with Braun Strowman. Oh yeah, but he Braun wanted... wasn't there, or he was. I don't remember what the reason was, but they made up a reason why he couldn't fight Braun. Okay, but the, the, didn't they say he was going to try to fight him next week? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like I was just like, 
Kurt Angle scripted is one of the worst things. Oh, it's in so the world. bad. Like it's it's like, are you sure you're a hundred percent? I'm like, Kurt. But what about your knee? You're a, well. First of all, if you're supposed to be his father, shouldn't you have asked him about that like yeah. over the week? Why is it taking <laughs> it was you just now? Kurt. Come on. Yeah, wouldn't you bring that up during Thanksgiving, or did he just not show up? But like, you're a Hall of Famer. Like we've <laughs> seen how good you are on the mic. Like, stop feeling the need to script someone who's a Hall of Famer. Like, he knows what he's doing, and yet they still feel the need to script guys like Kurt Angle. I understand, like, kind of. Like, I don't I don't agree with the fact that they script everyone. I feel like for the younger guys especially, they need to give a lot more leeway so that way they can start to establish their character. Um, I feel like none of the guys should be scripted. Just give them the basics and then let them run with it like we used to. Yeah. But especially especially for the Hall of Famers like Kurt Angle and guys like Daniel Bryan and guys like John Cena, guys like The Rock when he comes back. which even The Miz. Yeah, even The Miz, yeah. You don't need to script these guys. They know what they're yeah. doing. Like, have faith in your have faith in your superstars that they know what they're doing. Like, they've trained to be a pro wrestler. They've gone through the efforts to establish their characters, so they know what their characters should sound like and what they should say. You don't need a staff of freaking writers who don't know what the hell they're doing to try to say what they think you should say because it just doesn't sound right. Yeah. Yeah, but besides that, we had a worthless rematch between Asuka and Dana Brooke that lasted legitimately five seconds. Only cool thing to happen out of that was just the fact that Dana rushed at her, Asuka, like, turned her over into the into an arm bar and then got the win. Um, That just shows how cool Asuka is. Yeah. But, like, you could have done that with any like jobber but you had to do it again with Dana Brooke like I can't imagine Dana Brooke being in the company any longer it looked like for a minute they were about to do something with Dana Brooke she was gone forever she came back had like a couple promos mm-hmm. uh, there was a one video package even and then she comes back and loses 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 and yeah she'll be gone soon which is unfortunate because she does have talent but oh yeah that's what I yeah I, ke- I kept saying like she's <clears throat> legitimately strong and she got like a great structure for a heel like a great heel uh wrestler but like they just didn't do anything good with her um yeah. and i felt like she was brought up from nxt way too quickly when oh, she absolutely. was when she was stuffed with um was was she stuffed with charlotte she was with charlotte yeah. yeah she was brought up way too quickly when she was placed with charlotte so she should have been left in developmental for a few more months maybe a year and tried to iron her out and then bring her back Just give up. her a stronger character. That was all she needed. Yeah, she that was really the yeah. ability. Yeah, oh, 100%, yeah. And change her entrance where she doesn't, like, stand on the on the runway for, like, two minutes. Because <laughs> that entrance lasted at least, like, five minutes because of that. Um, but then uh, we had Jason Jordan, who was going to get a match with Kane. But, um, he cu- yeah, he cuts a promo. Uh, the crowd... Uh, from Raw and SmackDown were ridiculous with the what chants this yeah. week. And I was just like, because I hate that chant with, for a passion. It needs to die. It really does. And I don't understand why people feel the need to keep doing that. Like, I understand if it's a, with a superstar you hate, but, like, they're still trying to do their best right now, and you're being disrespectful. Like, even with the guys that I don't necessarily like, like Roman Reigns or Jason Jordan. Like, seriously, just knock it the hell off. Like, it's not the 90s anymore. Um, Jordan ends up losing by countout to Kane. Um, Finn Balor tries to come out to face off against Kane. He wins by DQ because Kane attacks him with a chair. And then Braun Strowman shows up. Um, he gets hit with a chair, doesn't affect him. Then Braun kills Kane. And then he gets payback on Kane by shoving the chair into his into Kane's throat and does that for a second time as well. Um, and that ended the show. Um in terms of Kane versus Braun, it's been built up well. Um, the only shame of that is that Finn Balor has been dismantled and misused because of it. Because, like, we've seen on Twitter Finn Balor making these tweets, like, <clears throat> mentioning how he's not over. Like, just trying to, like, stir shit up because what else can he do when you don't use him well? Um this is my thing with this, because in both kayfabe reasons and in both, like, in terms of finding a good prof- professional wrestler, both reasons don't make any sense, because Finn Balor is one of the greatest pro wrestlers um, right now. He's got an incredible character. He's incredibly over with the crowd. Like, if you, the fact that you can't notice that is unbelievable. But even in kayfabe reason, this doesn't make any sense, because when he returned from his injury, he never got his shot 
to get his universal championship that he never lost. And he still, and even still, like, he got injured at SummerSlam. I can't remember exactly what pay-per-view he came back at, but he's been back for at least, like, ha- like half a year. Uh, well, he came back just after WrestleMania. It was the day after WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, day after WrestleMania. Okay, so he's been back for literally, like, almost seven months, I think. And he still hasn't gotten his shot to get his title that he never lost. When Seth Rollins came back from injury, he immediately got his shot yeah. at Roman Reigns to get his title that he never lost. Why aren't we doing this with Finn Balor? It doesn't make any sense. I think the only problem there is, and I think this is dumb because it's wrestling. You can do this. But they don't think it would be believable for little Finn Balor to beat Brock Lesnar. But that's why you have the demon character. Exactly. There's so many ways to do it. But I think Vince is just like, but Brock is big and strong. And Finn is little, mm-hmm. so Finn can't be over. He's too like he's reverting back to these old ways of oh, now yeah. that he's got Braun, who's a legitimate monster, and people like, and him. he can wrestle, and people like him. I think he's falling back into the bigger is better. I need all these big people as champion. That's and yeah, I'm, and, it's it, and I'm, like, it's unfortunate. And like I mentioned too, Finn Bal or like Dave Meltzer reported that. Uh, Vince McMahon doesn't think that Finn Balor's over enough with the crowd because yeah. originally it was being booked that he would face Brock at Royal Rumble, but apparently that's I heard been he was scrapped. supposed to win the Royal Rumble match, but they took that away from him. Yeah, which that would have been a great story of him being like, "I want my title back now." This is ridiculous. Wins the Royal Rumble and gets his chance. Uh-huh. But yeah, you could even have you can even yeah you can even do like a shit ass promo with Stephanie McMahon being like you don't deserve it and then he's like I won the royal legit now give me my title shot yeah. and but it just it's it's a disgrace to Finn Balor who's worked his ass off who is clearly over with the crowd the fact that you can't realize that is beyond ridiculous like there's not a single solitary reason you can tell me that Finn Balor does not deserve the Universal Championship. You saw that in him back at SummerSlam 2016, and all of a sudden you don't believe that anymore. Like, what? Because Brock's back? I don't care. Like, I, 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 like again, and this is coming from a guy who thinks Brock Lesnar as Universal Champion is good, but having a guy like Finn Balor be the guy who knocks off Brock Lesnar is even better. Because, you know what? Fine. Like, if you want to... If you want... To make Brock over, here's all you have to do because you could have, and I don't agree with it, but if you want Brock to continue to be considered to be a monster and you don't want him to be like dismantled and like his character ruined, have him be the first person to beat the demon on the main roster. That's there you go. And then all of a sudden you're like, yes, Brock's believable again, even though he was never not believable. Yeah. Like, because like it's not like it's not like he's the first person to beat the demon because Samoa Joe has already done that. Yeah. So it's not like the fans are going to take it that harshly, but at least then you can get your your heart on back on for Brock Lesnar because then there you go. He's fine, even though he would be fine no matter what. Having him lose one match to Finn Balor wouldn't mean anything. He lost in a minute to a 60 year to like a 50 year old 60 year old man who hadn't wrestled in 10 years. And you were, and you're afraid that people won't take this seriously if Finn Balor beats him. Like, it's it's just mind-boggling to me, and that's my biggest issue with Raw is just the mishandling with Finn Balor, because I don't understand how this can't be any more simple for you. Because, I mean, if NXT has shown anything, it's that Finn Balor is your golden boy. He should be your golden boy. And this mistreatment of him isn't even like it's a new thing. They wonder why. Vince doesn't think he's over. When what have his recent feuds been? A dead Bray Wyatt mm-hmm. who had no momentum, and Finn basically had to carry that feud to get anyone to care at all, which I think he did to an extent. What else has he done worth note at all? When he came back from injury, they put him with Elias again, same as NXT, yeah. and it was and again it didn't work just like it didn't work in NXT. That was one of the feuds that we had seen. Like okay, this doesn't work, yeah, and they dropped it, but we decided let's do it again. Yeah, they they. It's almost like they refuse to let him succeed. It seems which is like unfortunate. It. it seems like it's a CM Punk uh, persona because Finn Balor knows what he's worth. He knows how good he is. That's why you see him on Twitter being like, "I'm not over," and it yeah. doesn't make any sense. And of course, he's a troll. He knows the audience. He knows his fan base. 
So he knows yeah. how to work them up. He knows how to get under the, uh, how to get them riled up. And it's just like he's got such a smart and such a knack for the business that the fact that you don't understand how good he is is just showing, like, for lack of a better term, how out of touch you are with the fact that Finn Balor is should be your top babyface. I don't, like, Roman Reigns, fine. You can have Roman Reigns. You can have Roman Reigns and Finn Balor. But, like, Finn Balor should be groomed to be one of your top babyfaces. He doesn't have to be your top. If you want to keep Roman, I don't care at this point. But don't tear down Finn Balor just because of the fact that he is not big because that's just disrespectful to the guy. Yeah. And that was the problem with Monday Night Raw because overall it was a it was a fine show and we got to see the seeds for Broken Matt Hardy or Woken Matt Hardy and we got an IC title match out of it and we got to see uh, Paige wrestle for the first time. and Well, actually, no, he, she didn't wrestle match. She just attacked uh, Charlotte. So we got to see Paige once again, and that was great. But then we get um, Kane versus Braun, which is being groomed to be pretty good. I just don't know how well the match will be. And then Finn Balor suffering because of it, because of this fascination with the big guys. And it's just a shame to me. And, like, Braun Strowman's incredible. He always will be incredible because he's done such great work. It's just a shame that this is happening to Finn. And moving into SmackDown Live, it's also a shame that SmackDown Live has been has originally touted, like, we're going to be focusing on the wrestlers. We're going to focus on the talent. And then Shane McMahon comes out every beginning of the show. When was the last time a show started with without a Shane McMahon segment? I don't know. I really don't know. It's like they it's like they wanted to keep their authority promos uh, to open the show and when Stephanie wasn't there anymore and when Hunter and Stephanie weren't working around, um they're like let's do it with Shane, but let's make it babyface, but even though it's like it's 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 just painful. We are currently in a WWE where Vince McMahon does not think Finn Balor is over, but thinks Shane McMahon is over enough to open every show. Uh, like I I love Shane I do and he's he's great but like he if he's supposed to be a commissioner why is he outshining your general manager Yeah that's Like that's the thing it, like if the commissioner is supposed to be the higher up compared to the general manager but the general manager is supposed to be handling the making of, the making of the matches and the booking of the talent and stuff like that and if Kurt Angle is able to be out there as the general manager why is the general manager on Monday Night Raw, being treated better than the general manager on SmackDown, who is Daniel freaking Bryan. And that's what ends up happening, is that Daniel Bryan comes out, well, gets called out by Shane, and Daniel makes his explanation, like, I'm not just going to be a yes man to you, which was a funny little thing. Um, Like, I know how, how talent is important, and I know how good... Sammy and Kevin Owens are, and if we fire them, they're just gonna go to Monday Night Raw. Smart, smart working because like you can see like how talented they are and how they can, how well they, how much good they can do for you. But because he attacked my father and he he made fun of my kids and all of this personal stuff, because Shane has a vendetta, he wants to tear everything down for Kevin Owens. And so what they end up doing is they book a match between Kevin Owens and Randy Orton. So first of all, um. I love how the solution for every single time Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens pisses off um, Shane McMahon is to throw him with Randy Orton or throw him with Shinsuke Nakamura. Like, because those are the only two top baby faces you have on yeah. SmackDown. It's like you're, you're in, on SmackDown, the main roster, like the, the, the top players on SmackDown are abysmal. And it's just a shame how, like, we don't have barely any top talent in terms of, like, baby faces that became abundantly clear just top talent in general at uh survivor series oh yeah looking at that team don't get me wrong nakamura rude fantastic great but when they're that new and the top people on the show you can't uh, i don't know it just it seems like that roster needs some sort of adrenaline shot yeah it feels like you need to have a trade between raw and smackdown like do a shake-up where we get another big guy to come over from Smack from Raw to SmackDown. I was under the impression there was gonna be a shakeup, a smaller shakeup after every big four. I don't know. I never knew exactly <laughs> what the timeline was gonna be for the shakeup. Um 
I'm I don't know if they're going to continue with doing the draft every year like they like they used to, um, but because it doesn't really seem like much of a draft if it's like with already existing superstars. You could just do a yearly superstar shakeup, which is what I think they're going to do. I don't know if they're going to do one after every pay per view. It actually, I feel like it would be a lot more interesting if they do it after the night after WrestleMania. Yeah, that would probably be ideal. Uh, let those fuse wrap up at Mania, mm-hmm. instantly start planning for the next year. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree, and that's what I feel like they need to do. So, Daniel Bryan books the match between Randy Orton and Kevin Owens, and then. Shane McMahon says, okay, I'm going to add to that. Newsy paperboy Sami Zayn is banned from ringside. And then mocks his little dance. I love the fact that Sami Zayn is being booked so well as a heel and, like, makes so much sense that the only feel that the babyfaces have against Sami Zayn is that, oh, he looks like a paperboy and he wears a stupid hat and he does a stupid dance. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that shows how little, like, you have against Sami Zayn. Like... Yeah. Granted, I love it because I love Sami Zayn, but yeah. it just makes your baby faces look incredibly stupid. Going on with that, Shane McMahon bans Sami Zayn from ringside, but then proceeds to make it a no disqualification match. They do this so often, they contradict their own rules. If it's a no DQ match, go to the ring, Sammy. Yeah. Who cares? And then and then we saw that. Like during the match, they go up onto the ring ramp, and then Sami Zayn attacks him on the ramp. With a steel chair, no disqualification, and he's not at ringside, so technically he's not breaking any rules, even though there are no rules because it's a no DQ match. Do you not understand how stupid you are to not realize that? Your dad works, your dad owns the company, you know what pro wrestling is, you should know shit like this will happen, you stupid freaking idiot. It's just... Uh, it, it hurts. It really hurts to see how bad and how stupid you make your baby faces look. And it's just like, I heard that line. I'm like, wow, I guarantee Sammy yep. won't show up at all. And then you have Byron over here like, oh, 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 this is this is absurd. He should be fired right now. And he's like, he's not at ringside. And he's like, this isn't fair. This is stupid. And I'm just like, I'm just like, just getting a migraine as it's happening. And I'm just like, Kill me. This is stupid. I'm like, good for good for Sammy, and I love the fact that Sammy is doing great stuff, but it's just like it doesn't make any sense when you're like when you're booking this and then you're shocked when it happens. It's just like yeah. we're supposed to be shocked Sammy Zane came out. Yeah, no. If it's- this were two other people besides Sammy and Kevin who are doing so incredible at everything they do, I think it would be a lot worse. It would be a lot more just blatantly stupid. But because those two are so good at absolutely everything they do, it lessens the blow of no matter how no matter how dumb it is, it's gonna be all right because it's Sammy. But I can only handle this stupid stuff for so much now, before I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna. Break. I agree. I, I just the fact that it is Sammy and Kevin makes it less unbearable. But then I was just like, man. I ho- I can't imagine that next week on SmackDown we're going to have Shane McMahon open up chastising Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And then it's going to be Sami versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And I heard a great line. Um, I was watching the WTF moments from uh, Cultaholic. Yeah. Um, and uh, King Ross is like, uh, well, actually he can't say King Ross yeah, anymore because that's Ross. trademark. Just Ross. Uh, Ross comes out and he's like, well, Ross says that like, you're going to book them in a wrestling match with rules as punishment. And it's just like, <laughs> I'm like, yep, that's Shane McMahon. He'll book it like that. And it's just like, it it was painful. Um, we had a pretty good tag match between the between uh, the New Day versus Shelton and Gable um, yeah. with new with uh, the Usos at ringside. The New Day ended up going over, which was interesting because I, I was originally, I originally thought that it was going to be Shelton and Gable versus the Usos for the tag titles. So yeah. to have them take a clean loss over the New Day is kind of it's kind of like interesting because I think the New Day would would have been fine eating a loss here, oh, especially absolutely. to someone like Shelton Benjamin like getting the pin because I think that would have been a lot more understandable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean it was a good match. Um, Aren't we still waiting for a uh, Usos Shelton Benjamin Gable? Title match? Didn't they earn a title match a while back and not get it? I thought they got it, but then I think, I think they got it, and then they, um, I don't remember exactly how it went down. I thought, 
because part of me, part of me, saying it ended in a DQ or something like that, or part of me was thinking something else happened. I don't remember. Oh yeah, I, th- I think what happened was Raw was they they were doing their tag match, and I think Raw brought them under siege. Okay, that's what All I right. think. That's what I'm remember. That's what I'm remembering at least. I hope I'm not wrong, but that's what I'm remembering right now. Um, but yeah, I th- I'm sure they're probably gonna give it to them at Clash of Champions now that all the Raw under siege, SmackDown under siege stuff is out of the way. Yeah. But it just seems kind of odd to have them eat a loss before, um, before they face Shelton, before they face the Usos, because you would imagine, because the fact that they were at ringside, they'd win and then they point at the Usos, make the title motion, and then be like, "We're gonna get our titles back" and stuff like that. Um, real quickly though, we need to talk about the fact that uh, the Hype Bros. Are no more. We have, we have Mojo Rawley turning heel on Zack Ryder. Now, I was I, I granted it threw me off a little bit because I was expecting Zack to turn heel. Yeah, um, I also expected that, but I'm I'm more happy with the way that it's going now. Yeah. Um. Now I I was expecting Zack to turn heel. Um. When I saw Mojo turn heel, I was like, oh, okay. I was just like, but it still didn't feel as big to me as I thought it should. Because I was just like, I don't, we we haven't seen them on TV enough to get the impression. Because they've been, they've been planting the seeds for a while, but then they just disappeared off TV for a few weeks. And then they turned, and then Mojo turned heel. So, it should have been booked better to see them a lot more often. So that way, you would have like, been like, when are they going to, when are they going to break up? When are they yeah. going to break up? When are they going to break up? Because that's what everyone was thinking. But then they disappear, then they have a match, and then it's like, oh, okay, now they're breaking up. It was just kind of like, that was really poorly built. Also, but, all the seeds they planted were saying, um, Zach's turning. Yeah. It was Zach, always Zach, Zach getting yeah. frustrated, Mojo losing, Zach, you know, in the corner with his arms over his head. Just, uh-huh. I'm assuming what they're going to go with it now is just like Zach, uh, Mojo being like, you got, you were getting so mad at me. Like I was doing my best for the team and you just kept leaving me, which kind of makes him seem like a baby face. So it's going to be interesting to see how Zach is painting as, the, <coughs> is, it's going to be interesting to see how Zach's painted as the baby face in this feud. Um, I'm just hoping it goes well because a lot of times when a tag team breaks up, one of the members is gonna get left in the dust. Like yeah. when the when the uh, Hart when uh when Tyson Kidd and David Hart Smith or Davy Boy Smith broke up, like Tyson was the one that kind of started to get a little bit more momentum while Davy yeah. was left in the dust. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm just I'm just hoping that they do well because both those guys are, in my opinion, good. Zach more so yep. than Mojo, in my opinion. But I just hope that they don't <clears throat> like blow their decisions on this. I think we're well on the way to a mojo push. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, they have faith in him. They let him win the Andre Battle Royale. Yeah, but they had him win it with the help of Rob Gronkowski. So how much faith can you have in a guy when you need a celebrity to help you win the match? Yeah, that's true. But I, I just feel like he's got enough upside, and he's shown enough ability to where oh. they're confident pushing him. And I think he could, if he were to you know, take the U.S. title off Corbin... I think it would be believable. I think it could work. I think it could set up maybe even both of them in a better position than they would have been. But, um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see where they go with yeah. this. I'm worried Zack Ryder's just going to fall back into obscurity like he does all the time, yeah. which is not fair. But um, there's, I think, there's yeah. a lot of upside here. I think, yeah, because I, don't, I, don't, I definitely <clears throat> don't disagree with the fact that Mojo has ability, and he's definitely... Um, He's definitely got the ability. I'm just hoping that he can pull off a heel character because he's always yeah. had that ridiculous baby face. Like I don't get hype, I stay hype. Like always, yeah. like pander to the kids. So I'm hoping he can pull off a heel character. I think he can, and I think he'll have fun with it. But it's just like I'm hoping that he pulls it off. Um, heading after that though, we had AJ Styles versus the Singh brothers in a two-on-one handicap match. Jinder Mahal ends up attacking AJ before the match starts. And then, um, even even though because of that, AJ ends up taking the win with a freaking scary yet amazing yeah. Styles clash from the second rope onto the other Sing brother. That scared the shit out of me. I was like, okay, we're going to see a murder live on television. Because I was just like, oh my god. I was freaking, like, I literally, I thought Corey was, like, legit, like, freaking out. Because it sounded, he was like, no, 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 He was just like, like, I like thought, they didn't tell him that was going to happen. Yeah, oh, no. And I think that made it better, too, because he was just like, that sounded like legitimate fear in his voice. Which, 
granted, because that movie's scary as hell. Yeah. Um, so AJ goes over the Singh brothers. Jinder tries to attack him afterwards, but AJ gets out of the way, rolls out, and saves himself. Jinder's fuming and attacks the Singh brothers, and it's just like, okay. I'm this is the best thing for Jinder to do, is to drop this to the Singhs. Just because any way for him to do things on his own will give him any amount of validity. Um, I think his time has come and gone, if you want to say it was here. Yeah, no. I've, I well, Last time I was here, I said I like gender. I still I still enjoy gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's ironically or not, I'm still not entirely <laughs> sure. But, um, yeah, no, I think it's good for him to drop them. I don't think he should be back in the main event picture for a mm-hmm. good long while. Yeah. Um, now, do you do you do you see this turning into a feud between Gender and the Singh brothers, or do you see Gender like going for the the WWE Championship at Clash of Champions? Then the Singh brothers interfere, or like, what do you what do you see having ha- having the repercussions to this moment? Um, with the way they want to push Gender right now, I think. Putting him in a feud with the Sings would be the worst case scenario because mm-hmm. no one in the world cares about the Sings. Oh no! The only see, people yeah. who care are maybe their parents. Um, <laughs> so putting Jinder in a feud with him, with them, would do nothing because no one would care. That would be the bathroom break. Oh yeah! And there's commercials. People would stay <laughs> for the commercials and leave for that match. So I think it's it's gonna be he goes back for the main championship. Sings interfere. Um. I don't know. I'm worried think, he's going to get the championship back right now. You think Great Khali comes back? Great Khali oh, comes back. Oh, dear God, and then no. the Sings align themselves with Great Khali, <laughs> and then it's Great Khali versus Jinder Mahal, Battle of the Indians. I want to say I want to say no, but now that you've mentioned it, it seems like it's almost <laughs> guaranteed. Like it, that's such a dumb idea that it's almost a hundred percent it's gonna happen. Dude, I know them. I know them so well. <laughs> I know them so well. Like, I get in their head, and I'm like, I can imagine this happening. Look at all the little stupid parallels. Then one makes... by one, you watch the pieces fall into place. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's just going to be, it, it'll be the worst. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what they do with Jinder. That, I can imagine that happening. I pray to God it doesn't, because no one wants to see that. Um, I don't know what they do with Jinder from this point on, because I can't imagine AJ loses the title at Clash of Champions. I can't imagine that. It's hard to imagine any future path for him. Um, yeah, I don't see him winning the championship again. I also don't see him being in any convincing feuds outside of a championship. I I don't see anything in his future, uh-huh. which is a shame, because he's been improving little by little, yeah. whether people want to admit it or not. But, um, I just think that like the trigger was pulled way too quickly oh, on this. So I felt like I feel like if he would have if he were to have won the WWE Championship now, rather than the months prior when everyone was like, "What the hell?" I feel like people would have taken it a little bit more seriously. But we needed to have more time with Jinder Mahal to expand, like a few more months instead of just randomly having him show up to beat Randy Orton for the title. It just it was it was just confusing. It didn't make any sense. It was batshit insane at the time. Um but now it's gotten to the point where like Jinder Mahal is established himself as a character and has established himself at least in terms of his in-ring style and his garbage mic style. Um so he's more established now than he was before. That was the problem that yeah. I had with Jinder was that no one knew who the hell he was. All we had to go off of him was that he came from 3MB and now he has the Bollywood boys with him. That's all we yeah. had. And it just didn't make any sense from any conceivable way. But now he's now he's legitim now he's legitimized himself a little bit more holding that title, but it was still god awful in my opinion. So I felt I feel like if we would have tried the WWE Championship with him, like say three months ago or two months ago, then maybe people wouldn't have freaked out as much as they did before. But because it happened out of nowhere at Backlash of all places, like nobody, everyone was losing their damn minds, whether it be laughing their asses off or screaming bloody murder. So I don't know. We'll see where Jinder goes from here, but I don't see anything good coming out of it. But then we had Topsy Turvy World where we had uh, the Riot Squad go up against Charlotte, Naomi, and Natalia. Um, spelled with two T's, 
No, because reasons. I I don't know if I missed something. Are these two factions connected in any way? Are they like together? I don't know. Right? Or did they really try to push the same exact story on two different brands? I really do not know because at this point right now, they haven't mentioned each other at all. It really just looks like oh SmackDown copied off of Raw and then Raw was just like, okay, just don't make it too obvious. And SmackDown's like, okay. And then we have another pale, t- we have a pale uh, woman teaming with a blonde woman teaming with a brunette woman. Although Liv Morgan, about damn time. Yeah. About damn oh, yeah. time she yeah, gets yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I love Liv Morgan. I think she's great. Um, she. The only issue that I have with Liv Morgan is that you didn't see her too much on NXT. It's, yeah, like, she was yeah, she hardly was, on. Yeah, exactly. Even more so for Mandy Rose. She was never seen. Like, at least I I was like, I knew who Sonya Deville was going out. But then I was remembered. I was like, oh, yeah, Mandy Rose. Because, like. I know a lot more of the NXT guys just because of the fact that I have that uh, Tops card trading game on my phone. Yep, so I, I, I super card. <laughs> uh, so I see her. I see her come up in my co- in my duplicates constantly when yep. I open packs. So I'm just like, oh yeah, Mandy. I literally don't think I've ever seen you wrestle a match. Period. But like, and even more so with Sarah Logan. Like I like other than tough enough. Like. Or where where I can't, I think she came from tough enough. And she was in uh I believe she was in May Young. She was in. Oh May yeah, she Young. was. No 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 yeah no. Um, Son- Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose I think came from tough enough. Um, yeah she she came from Sarah came from the May Young Classic, which I sadly was not able to watch. So I didn't know exactly how well she did. But yeah, I'm I'm yeah it's it just seems like they're just copying at this point. Um. Unless they come out and say, no, we're working together to take down both shows. Um, even still, that'd be a wild coincidence if they looked exactly the same. Yeah. Um, but So they have a six-on-six six tag match. Um, this one actually goes down rather than Raw's, where Raw's, like, the match didn't even happen. Um, Natalia gets beat up and then just decides, screw this, I'm not doing this. Um, like, she's getting beat up during the match and just walks out of the match, which... I think it's a good heel for heat for her. Um, Naomi um, gets it gets uh, taken out by by Sarah and uh, Liv. They both take her out uh, while Charlotte's being beat up by Ruby, and they do a good job there. And then Charlotte's left all alone, and then the Riot Squad ends up going over. Um, now I like Ruby Riot. I think she's really good as a heel. I was a little bit like. Okay, um, I think she can still do a good job, yeah. but um, yeah, it's just it's just weird what's going on with the women's divisions for both shows. The fact that we're getting majorly identical things that are happening on both shows, and it just really doesn't seem. It seems like we're just like watching reruns at this point with slight yeah. differenti- with slight differences between the two shows, and it's just confusing to me. But. Yeah, I mean, other than that, then we had the like the main event between Kevin Owens and Randy Orton, uh, which was good. Sammy, of course, did his thing. Yep. Um, it's just like it's it's just weird what's going on in pro wrestling, and it's confusing to me because I'm like I'm looking at things from a from a kayfabe perspective, from a storyline perspective. And I'm like thinking some of these matches and some of these storylines should be working for me. Um, yeah. But they're just not. Like Braun Strowman versus Kane. I just don't give a shit about Kane. I'm sorry. Like, Glenn, I love you, but I don't care. Like, I don't... Like, the, the moment that made me not care between Braun Strowman and Kane was when they had... When Braun put him through the... Put him through... Put Kane through the ring. Because everything that was leading up to that pr- beforehand... Like, everyone forgets that because everyone was reminded, like, he put him through the ring. Everything that led up to that moment was slow, monotonous. It just looked like two old trees screwing each other. It was just garbage. And then finally, like, they pulled the table out and then everyone was like, okay, let's do this now. Let's pick pick it up a piece. Pick it up a bit. The table doesn't even get used and then he just puts him through the ring. So I was just like, well, that poor table is just sitting there, just just waiting for someone to break it. And Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, freaking incredible, but just constantly chastised by Shane McMahon because of course he is. And of course they are chastised. And it's just like there's po- there's people on these Raw, and then Finn Balor being misused and just like the copying between the women's divisions of both these factions. And it's just like 
it just confuses me because I don't know what we're doing right now. It feels like we're, it just feels like massive transitions that we're going in between storylines. And I just don't feel comfortable with what's happening because I feel like I want it to play out, but at points I'm just looking at, but I'm looking at certain things and I'm just like, kill it with fire now. I don't want to see this. And like, cause we're seeing good stuff. We're seeing the seeds planted for Broken yeah. Matt Hardy. But like, even still, both shows, I just looked at it and I was just like, <clears throat> eh, cause I'm not sure really how to feel about it. Like, part of my worry is we've seen too many times seeds planted and then neglected. Oh, yeah. We've seen storylines that looked amazing get started and then disappear and fade into nothing, which almost has me jaded to a point where until I see enough, I'm not on board. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just, like, ignore it to not get my hopes up. And then, like, this broken Matt Hardy thing. I'm Did I freak out and get excited when it happened? Yes. Ten minutes after, I'm like, you know what? They've been teasing this forever. This could be just another, another just F you to TNA. And it could be nothing. And I hope it's not, but I just I have no faith until it happens right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's just like because like we've seen these storylines that have just led to nothing as of lately. It's like especially relating with Bray Wyatt because there's been no mention of Sister Abigail since he was since he left and since he was gone because of meningitis. That is so good for him though. Oh my gosh, when you saw it was just him in makeup, it was like, okay, so he's gonna quit. Yeah. He should quit. My, my my buddy Chad though, like he was he was he was pulling for that angle so hard. Like if if before you came on for the for the Survivor series show I'm um, not for the Survivor series show, you came uh, on yeah, for TLC, yeah. Before you came on for the TLC show he was so on board for that for that match between Finn and Bray, and he was just like going on about like I want Bray Wyatt to squash Finn Balor, and I'm I'm just waiting for him to come back. I'm like, dude, you got your wish. Finn Balor's been squashed, and he's just gonna be like, I didn't mean that. What are you talking about? And I'm just like, dude, like, all right. So yeah, everybody who's angry right now about the way Finn Balor's being hated, uh, being the way that Finn Balor's being booked. Direct all your anger to Chad Pringle because it is all his fault. I can get behind that. <laughs> I, can, I can support that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't – that's basically it for Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live because, like, it's just confusing to me. And I'm just – I'm hoping everything works out because I'm pulling for Matt Hardy. I'm pulling for Finn Balor to finally get something. But it's just I'm I'm scared that it's not going to happen. And that's – I'm I'm trying my hardest to be optimistic and I'm just it's 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 struggling for me. So I'm I'm hoping for the best. But yeah, I mean, I think that's going to wrap it up for us tonight on Ringmasters. So I want to thank my good buddy Josh. Thank you so much for filling in for Chad. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Oh yeah, it was great <clears throat> having you back and yes, this weekend we will be recording our podcast with Cultaholics Adam Pacitti. So Get ready for that. We should have that out as soon as possible, hopefully by sat- Sunday or Monday, hopefully. And if, if anyone listening does not know who Adam Pacitti is, absolutely check out Cultaholic. Uh, he is fantastic. The whole channel is great. Everyone oh, yeah. on that channel is amazing. They know they're wrestling. They are great people, very fun to watch. Um, I am very excited to listen to this. I yeah. am a big fan. Big, like, that's 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 completely true, like, those guys are such great workers. They're so incredibly talented. I've spoken with them on multiple occasions. Like, they're just incredibly talented, incredibly great people. So, yeah, go they, support them. They, they even started a wrestling company. They did, and they did a damn good job at it, too. It was it was really good. Yeah, they did a damn good job at, of it, too. So, yeah, and I, I support them on Patreon. I'm a huge fan of them, really pulling for them. They finally got their own studio, so, yeah. We're going to have Adam on. We're going to talk about even more of that kind of stuff coming up in the next few days. So hopefully you can join us for that. Um, Josh, you want to plug your Twitter or whatnot? Um, Yeah, sure. Uh, my Twitter is, and I'm going to have to spell it out because it's confusing, uh, Third Street Jesus, 3RD Street, like S-T-R-E-E-T underscore Jesus. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. I don't use Twitter <laughs> a lot, but uh, bitch about wrestling, the Lions, and movies. Well, I mean, that's what it's used but, for. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's used for. Yeah. You can follow me at szoomer4. You can follow Chad at the Chad 100 the Ringmasters podcast. You can follow at Ringmasters Pod. And the YouTube channel is coming. We're going to have content up for that very soon. Um, 
including me watching Okada versus Omega, which should be insane. I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping for that. But yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us for another edition of Ringmasters, and we'll catch you guys next time. Oh. Ah. <laughs>